Good morning, my fellow Michiganders. Good morning, my fellow Americans. Welcome to another episode of the Grassroots Army Podcast. Of course, I'm your host, Gary Soldano. So I wanted to bring some information to you today. However, I actually wanted to do this live earlier today. Got up nice and early, 5 a.m., getting everything ready, going to work early so I can get on my live around 7.30, 7.45, and lo and behold, my computer locked me out. And I don't know why. For no reason at all. I couldn't have access to my computer, so I had to spend the last two hours getting into it. But I guess that's what happens when you start calling out the extreme hot garbage that we've been calling out for the last three years. But I've told you this time and time again, when you start shaking the tree with the big dogs, they tend to hit back. Now, was it them? I don't know. Probably not. But the conspiracy theories in my head are going in the overdrive right now. And we all know that we're running out of conspiracies because they all continue to be proven to be true. So I don't push anything to the wayside anymore. I question everything ever since this clown show started three years ago with this agenda that they continue to push. So like I posted yesterday, Tucker Carlson started his new show on Twitter, just one episode, and it went viral on Twitter. And the best thing that I love about his episode that all these progressive leftists were just ripping on him, calling him a has-been when he released his new show. You know, this guy's from the basement doing a basically a podcast. And, man, his video went viral on Twitter. It's going viral on our YouTube platform. I'm going to do everything in my power to continue to give him access to as many people as possible because he is just, you know, dropping truth bombs left and right. And his Twitter show is, I think, over 103 million views right now. And everybody's just calling out all these progressive leftists that have been ripping on him. Um, So it's been quite comical to watch. Um, them just kick and scream like two-year-old children as at his success. But obviously, Fox News, who's owned by Vanguard and BlackRock, just like they own everyone else, um, they sent him a threatening letter telling him that he is in breach of contract now by doing his show. So I'm going to be watching very closely what happens. I'm sure Tucker Carlson's attorneys are in overdrive right now as well, trying to figure this thing out. So as soon as he releases another episode, I will be posting it on my YouTube platform because there's a lot of folks out there on all my platforms who are not on Twitter. But I really, really feel that you should watch this episode if you haven't already. And you can watch it on Twitter at Tucker Carlson, or you can go on our YouTube channel at Grassroots Army. I posted it yesterday. Uh, It's great. I mean, he does what he does best, but without a filter, without the handcuffs of corporate media on him and it was great to watch and so that's why i started this grassroots army is to continue to do everything that i can to give you up-to-date accurate and truthful information and question everything and give this platform so normal people can get the right information not a progressive left not a corporate media narrative that continues to be just force-fed down all of our throats but it's uh, the tide is turning and you can feel it And Twitter is right now leading the charge of allowing people to actually have free speech. And I'm hoping Facebook and YouTube follow suit, but we'll see. We will see, that is for sure. So I'm just going to show a quick clip of his show for you to a little teaser. So here's what he said. And I'm pretty excited about um, this, this show continually, that's for sure. 
Today we've come to Twitter, which we hope will be the shortwave radio under the blankets. We're told there are no gatekeepers here. If that turns out to be false, we'll leave. But in the meantime, we are grateful to be here. We'll be back with much more very soon. So that was a little clip. Again, I teased you. Uh, you can go to, again, his Twitter, at Tucker Carlson, or you can go to our YouTube channel and you can watch the entire episode. I strongly encourage you to watch it. It is uh, He just calls out a bunch of stuff, calls out corporate media, calls out what's going on in Ukraine. Uh, just a uh, breath of fresh air, in my humble opinion. So I'm excited um, and hoping that he continues to do what he does best, and that is to bring us a um, information in truth. Okay. Another person I want to talk about today is Vicky. Um, I'm going to butcher his last name, uh, Ramaswamy. Okay. He's running for president right now. And I've been watching him I'm watching everybody, even watching a lot of Robert Kennedy stuff right now. And I'm trying to get permission to post one of Robert Kennedy's, um, speeches that he did at a rally against the, the mandates. And it's like, 30 minutes long, but man, did he say a lot of great stuff about the Constitution. You know, the Constitution, you have no right to ever suspend the Constitution. And his quote, and he was saying during the pandemic, the only amendment that wasn't violated was the Second Amendment. Everything else was suspended, and that should never happen because the Constitution was written in times like that, right, um, to have your rights, and they should never be taken away. And so I listened to it, and it was a lot of great information, and it's funny as hell right now to watch his own party try to bring him down. You know, that's a whole other clown show. They're very good at doing that. And they're trying to censor him. But the whole point is their horse, Biden, is just just slowly dying in front of all of our eyes, it seems like. The guy has fell down or fallen down more than any other president, that's for sure. And you know, he's old age and it's sad to see, but he should have never ran for president. That is for sure. And that's on the fault of not only the corrupt progressive left, but also his family. Like, why did you let this guy run? Even Obama told Biden, you don't have to do this, Joe. And he shouldn't have, but we all know that it's an agenda and we all know that he's not in charge of the country. Um, the people behind him are unfortunately, but um, it's going to be interesting to see how that all unfolds because Robert Kennedy continues to rise in the polls, especially with everything that Biden isn't saying to the press. The guy sleeps in until 10, does a couple events, and they hide him in the basement for the rest of his presidency. And I think a lot of the middle is starting to get very, very frustrated. And the left is extremely scared that they have no one in the bullpen except for uh, Newsom and Governor Whitmer, who rumors are that they're not going to run until 2028. And so we're going to see how this all plays out. But I want to give some attention to each and every candidate. I have been reaching out to all the candidates to see if they would like to come on and just have a brief interview to really ask some questions on what separates them from the rest of the crowd. You know, the relevant ones, because there's a lot of people running right now that shouldn't be running. And the reason they're running is because consultants uh, basically tell them that they have a chance to win and the consultants just continue to put money in their pockets. And it's just unfortunate that happens. But I want to give a little attention to Vec this morning because I liked a lot of what he had to say. So let's listen into this interview that he had several weeks ago with Meet the Press. I'm running for president to revive the ideals that actually set the nation into motion. I think it's going to unite the country. You know, it's interesting. Your rhetoric can sound uniting and your answer just now. But then you... You say the following things. The trans movement has become a cult. We need to abandon climate religion in America. I definitely find the idea of systemic racism revolting. I say this. How do you square those statements 
with unification. These are divisive times. This is a polarizing time. We're pretty evenly divided on these cultural issues. How do you unite, do you unite the country when you're essentially denigrating the views of half of the country? I don't think I'm denigrating the views of half the country. I mean, let's take the touchiest of those subjects right now on the trans issue. Mm-hmm. I think that when a kid says that I'm born into the wrong body, that my gender doesn't match my biological sex, mm-hmm. more often than not, that is a case of a mental health disorder. That doesn't mean you disrespect that person. It means they're crying out for help. I met with two young women who regret the decisions they made going through double mastectomies, one a hysterectomy, chemical intervention, now trying to teach kids across the country that when you're struggling inside, going through adolescence, yes, that involves some struggle. We live in a cultural moment today where adults are affirming that confusion rather than actually you ever, treating them compassionately. You That's a, cruelty. You ever talk to parents? That have a, a a kid who's going through this. I have actually, yeah. yeah and I, I think mean, it's, I mean, it's a parent. My point it's is, it's a difficult this, place to be. I acknowledge that's right. that. But yeah. what we need to do on both sides here is act with compassion, not really what makes us feel good about ourselves. Yeah. And I think that's my main issue across our response to well, transgenderism and to climate. It's solving the actual underlying issues, okay. rather than what allows you to signal your virtue. What makes it compassionate, though, to uh, pass a law that denies a parent? Uh, uh, making their own health care decision for their kid. That's the part of this. That doesn't sound very conservative in small government to me. Well, look, there isn't a state in this union that allows you to smoke an addictive cigarette before the age of 18 that allows you to get a tattoo before the age of 18. That's a body-altering change that a kid may later regret in life. So I think it is perfectly reasonable to say that if you're after 18 years old, you're free to decide whatever you want to do. That's what it means to live in a free country. But below the age of 18, I think it's perfectly legitimate to say that we won't allow genital mutilation or chemical castration through puberty blockers you're, you're for the of that, transition. But how do you know it's that? Again, how do you know? Are, are you confident that you know that gender uh, is uh, as binary as you're describing it? Are you confident that I it am. isn't a spectrum? I uh, am. You know I'm, this as a scientist? Well, there's there's two X chromosomes. If you're a woman, an X and a Y, that means there's you're a, a man. lot so of scientific a research basis out there. There's a lot of scientific research out there that says gender is a spectrum. Chuck, I, I respectfully disagree. Gender dysphoria for most of our history, all the way through the DSM-5, has been characterized as a mental health disorder. And I don't think it's compassionate to affirm that. I think that's cruelty. When a kid is crying out for help, mm-hmm. what they're asking for is, you got to ask the question of what else is going wrong at home? What else is going wrong at school? Let's be compassionate and get to the heart of that, rather than playing this game as though we're actually changing right. our medical understanding I, for the last I, I go hundred back years. To this. If a parent is dealing with a child that has these, that yes. they may have these issues, trust me, the parent, the last thing they want to do is consider something like this. But if that is what they think could help their child pursue happiness or they're not to kill themselves, I, why take away that option? Again, it, why shouldn't it be up to the parent? So part of why parents now suddenly feel that way, let's ask ourselves that, Chuck, is we've created a culture that teaches parents that they're being bigoted or that they're bad people if they don't actually take those steps. So part of what I think is, listen, gender dysphoria for the rare few people who have suffered it mm-hmm. is a condition of suffering. My question is, why on earth are we going out of our way mm-hmm. to create even more of it? And there's no doubt that the cultural movement in this country, even education, is creating more gender dysphoria. If it's a condition of suffering, yeah. let's not create more of it. That's what we're doing. Let me ask you about the Disney dust off sure. with Ron DeSantis. On one hand, I assume you agree uh, with pushing back at Disney the way Governor DeSantis has rhetorically. Um, but is there a point where you think it uh, is too much to use government to punish business? Here's where Ron DeSantis really lost it here. He's gone on the wrong path. He claimed, and this part actually sounded good to me, 
Disney should have never had crony capitalist lobbying related privileges in the first place. Here's the part he doesn't mention. One of those crony capitalist privileges was, and I think the most relevant one, was codified into law by none other than Ron DeSantis in 2021. Mm -hmm. So Florida passed this political anti-discrimination statute, which I applauded at the time, Mm -hmm. said if you operate Internet companies, this includes streaming services Mm -hmm. like Disney does, that you can't engage in viewpoint discrimination. Now, here's the funny, dirty little secret of that. They wrote into a last-minute exception into that law for Mm -hmm. anyone who also operates a theme park more than 25 acres in the state of Florida. That's crony capitalism. And so the irony is Ron DeSantis, who's now railing against crony capitalism and rolling that back, was the one who actually passed that into law for the case of Disney. So I think that undermines the credibility of his crusade. I prefer to get to root causes rather than doing political stunts. Let me ask you about the idea of cancel culture, because I, I, I feel like... The criticism that the right was making of the left two years ago, that it looks like some on the right are embracing cancel culture. I think Bud Light. I think about the the transgender representative in Montana who was basically kicked, not allowed to speak on the floor. Do you think some of this is going too far? So, look, I'm an opponent of victimhood culture, cancel culture, you name it. I've written a book about this. I do think that the way the culture war ends is not with a bang, but with a whimper where both sides get infected mm-hmm. by those same norms. So the, the, the right's been infected by this. One of the things I say to conservative audiences across the country is we have to be the party of free speech and open debate. Mm-hmm. We can't be the party said that says I won't talk to I'm here talking to you on NBC. There's other candidates in this race that say they won't talk to NBC News. Ron DeSantis is one of them. Well, I go to college campuses where other candidates refuse to go. So I think we got to practice what we preach. I'm in this race as a millennial, as a young person who's lived the American dream to actually walk the walk when it comes to free speech and open debate. And yes, I would like to see other Republicans rise to that occasion and do better, starting with the debate stage in our own party this fall. If Donald Trump doesn't do debates, uh, will you not support him if he's a nominee? Well, I'm not going to let him get away with that. Donald Trump. What does that mean? (laughs) What do you mean you're not going to let him get away with it? He can do what he wants to do. I don't think the other candidates, including Donald Trump, are going to relish being on that debate stage with me. But I think that the way that he's shown in 2015, what people gave him credit for was that he was an outsider and a disruptor. I'm the outsider in this race. And I think that if you want to be part of like Joe Biden in an existing establishment that doesn't want to debate, I think people are hungry for new. What should the party use as leverage to force him to, to show up on the debate stage? I think it's the voters. I think it's my job and it's the job of candidates to tell voters that if you want someone sitting across the table from Mm -hmm. Xi Jinping, if you want someone with the spine to take on the administrative state, Mm -hmm. it's the top of my domestic agenda. You better darn well not be scared to show up on a debate stage with the new challenger. Donald Trump did a great job of that in 2015 on the outsider in this race. You have indicated you would support a six week abortion ban if you were a governor of a state and all this. What would you do on a federal level? Uh, would, would, Would you would you create a floor? So I I believe in being principled on this, Chuck. I'm unapologetically pro-life. And like many in the pro-life movement, I believe that abortion is a form of murder. Murder, though, is regulated by the states, not by the federal government. I believe in the Constitution. I think Roe was wrongly decided. I've said so for a long time. This is a matter for the states, not the federal government. and And I stand on principle there. When does a fetus have constitutional rights? So, look, six weeks is at the end of life when you lose brain waves. That's yeah. our that's our moment of but death. The, does, the, where in the Constitution does it say someone has constitutional rights as a fetus? It does, it's not codified in the Constitution. That's right. why this is a matter for the states. But I do believe that I'm unapologetically pro-life. But one of the areas where we can do better in the pro-life mm-hmm. movement is to walk the walk. 
provide an easier option for women to get to yes, I support a conversation about adoption, childcare, even greater yeah. responsibility for men. I think that's how we turn this issue into being a less divisive one. One of your big applause lines that is a bit of a head scratcher for me is defund the FBI. Yeah. So if you I, I didn't get... say defund the FBI. I said shut down the FBI and replace okay. it with something new. Yeah. So you want to shut down the FBI? What yeah. are you replacing it with? I think it's a new apparatus built from scratch that actually respects the law instead of making it up. And the funny thing, Chuck, is if you look at over the so last... you think the FBI constantly is making up the law? That is a huge charge. They, they have just stopped major fentanyl, uh, uh, you know, been able to yeah, get so rid of... Look, I mean, there's a lot of work the FBI does I think, other than respond to complaints from elected officials who don't like investigations. Well, actually, if you look over the course of the last 60 years, J. Edgar Hoover, what he did to Martin Luther King, that mm-hmm. was an affront. It's still the J. Edgar Hoover FBI that people walk into down the street here in Washington, Mm -hmm. D.C. And I personally believe as somebody who's running to actually run the executive branch of the government, when you have a bureaucracy whose culture becomes so ossified, every once in a while you need to turn it over. And I think that, yes, we need federal law enforcement, but that institution has, in a bipartisan way, become so, I think, ossified in its own norms, in its own corruption, that we need to rebuild it from scratch and have something. So you're going to replace the FBI with with a new FBI? Well, with a new institution built from scratch to, to carry out federal law enforcement because the existing FBI, the people who work there, have worked there for so long that actually they're going to get, be getting in their own way. I think that that's actually important. And by the way, I also right, support it does this. Sound like, it does sound like you're just replacing the FBI with the FBI. Well, the problem is there's people who have worked there for decades. And so what I say is if I'm the U.S. president and I can't work for the federal government for more than eight years, which I think is a good thing, hmm. then none of those bureaucrats reporting right. into me should either. That's the point I'm making. All right. Vivek Ramaswamy. Pretty great interview. Um, there's a lot to unload there, but at least he had the chums to get on there and have a debate and an intelligent conversation with obviously a progressive leftist. You know, I don't like that guy, that's for sure. But Vivek did a very, very great job of that interview. But some of the things that reporter um, said, you know, talking about the science, the scientific research that's out there that's saying, you know, about the transgender and the dysphoria and everything else. Remember, uh, not to go down there, you know, scientific research actually used to mean something back in the day, but that's been all thrown out the window ever since the pandemic, because that was exposed to be a political narrative. You know, they are going and pulling research that supported their narrative and basically deplatforming, uh, trying to go after medical licenses for anybody that was standing up against the mask mandates um, in the procedure and everything else like that. So when people start saying scientific research, there's a lot of scientific research it's all an agenda. You have to be very careful what research that you're reading. You know, even the credible sources that were basically the the research back in the day that you could trust that was at least accurate is just hot garbage now. You know, I don't I don't trust anything unless I get multiple sources and I compare it. So it's really hard to find that truth. That is for sure. But he had some great great comments, and I'm hoping that President Trump debates. Um, the relevant ones, you know, Governor DeSantis, Vivek, and a couple of other ones um, deserve to be on that stage and allow their time for the people to hear what they have to say about things because we want to have our elected official be able to withstand the pressure. Can you imagine if President Biden went on like Newsmax or ON or, you know, even Fox News, corporate media, uh, even Fox News, the one that's controlled by Black Blackwater and uh, um BlackRock, excuse me, and and Vanguard, it's just uh, he would not be able to withhold um, and stand up against those questions. I mean, it would be that they keep him in the basement for the reason. That's my whole point. He would not be able to have an intelligent conversation, think on his feet. And that's and that's scary. 
as the uh, the man in charge right now of the United States. Well, we all know he's not in charge, but you know what I mean. But he would not be able to do it. But um, the Vex co- comments and in, in, uh, answers to the questions were pretty spot on. You know, it's funny about how the the reporter was asking about the constitutional rights of a fetus. And I saw something a while back about abortion, and they were having a pretty heated conversation on a podcast. And he asked the person who was for abortion, he said, okay, so let's say we have a mom that's pregnant in her first trimester, and she knows that she's pregnant, and she starts using meth. She starts using meth while she's pregnant. The guy's like, yeah, it's horrible. You can't do that. And he's like, why? And he didn't have an answer. And you could tell the person knew that he was trapped. Well, they're saying that that baby isn't there, right? That it's not a real human, that it's not a baby. It's a fetus. Call it a fetus. But we would throw a mom in prison for taking meth while she was pregnant. And even if that meth resulted in the death of that baby, that mom could possibly even charge with murder. Interesting perspective, right? And now there's some states, unfortunately, who allow late-term abortions up to nine months. It's horrible. It's murder. Okay. And so again, you hear with the anti-gun crew that the number one killer of children is gun violence. No, the number one killer of children is abortion. True. Don't want to talk about that though. Interesting concept, but I will continue to highlight every interview that I see that's worth your time to listen to. And I think we have to get a variety of different perspectives of people who's running because a lot of times the corporate media who is corrupt, as we are well aware of, is only going to showcase the person that they want to have control over. They want to control the puppet strings. And so I like to give people who are a little lower in the polls a chance to get out there and have a voice. And so I'll do everything that I can to do that for all of you. But on that note, uh, we have some exciting news. I will be having one of the great Gays Against Groomers representatives on our platforms here. Um, they got back to me and they would love to come on here and talk about everything that they've been doing against this grooming and indoctrinating of the kids and taking away parents' rights because that organization has been just doing a fantastic job and they have just been attacking the alphabet mafia, you know, going as far as to is like this is the LGB community, not the LGBTQ plus two, whatever the heck they want to put on the end of that thing now. And they have been just very, very vocal over the past year against the grooming and indoctrination of our kids. And so I want to give them a chance to come on and, you know, talk about their organization, what they've been doing, why they started, what they're feeling. So you all can filter through the hot garbage narrative that gets force fed down our throats. And so I will be highlighting that hopefully over the next uh, week to get that person on. I'm in contact with them right now. So you guys will all know when that interview is going to take place on the Grassroots Army podcast. Also, June 25th, I will be going to see President Trump at the Oakland Republican Party Lincoln Day in the description. There is a link for you to click if you would like to come listen to President Trump speak. I will be videotaping his speech and cutting it up and posting it on my platform for all of you. Um, I got permission to do that, which is good to really allow all of you to see it and what he has to say, which is very, very important. And of course, I want to end with this tomorrow. The grassrootsarmy.com merch store will be open for two weeks for our summer launch. We're releasing uh, four or five t-shirts, nothing big, uh, just some patriotic merch for you to wear during the 4th of July. You will receive it before the 4th of July to wear on 4th of July. So we will um, be 
opening that store for two weeks starting noon tomorrow. And I will be basically, um, you know, highlighting that over the next couple of weeks, showing you the shirts and the gear and everything else on my reels, on a couple lives and a couple posts and everything else. So if you want to go there uh, tomorrow at noon, it will be open. And I'm pretty proud of the five t-shirts that we're going to have available for all of you to be very proud of what we're growing because we are growing an organization of ordinary people doing extraordinary things. And I tell, I tell people this all the time, you know, it's been dark for a while for a lot of us who have been this in this fight nonstop for the last three years, but it's always darkest right before sunrise. And I really feel like all of you that the tide is starting to turn. There's a lot of awakening that's happening. So we have to continue to get on here, continue to have conversation, continue to give people the up-to-date, accurate and truthful information, because that is where power is. And that's one thing that is for certain we together as a movement of people, as Americans, my goodness gracious, can we get shit done? That is for sure. When we put a group of like-minded people together, magic happens. And I will not get up on or give up on this country or the ideas or the bounding principles and values that it was founded upon. And you can't either. No matter how dark it gets, where else is there, folks? This is it. The America. United States of America, it's the last beacon of light throughout the world. That's why everybody's trying to get here. We don't see people trying to cross the borders into Mexico. We don't see people swimming to Cuba, do we? Because everyone wants to get in here because this country is special. This idea of America, which is strong, it's very special. So don't ever, ever Take it for granted, that's for sure. And so we must fight, continue to stand up and fight against all the hot garbage in this globalist idea and agenda and the narrative. We will prevail because we are right and we are just. So have a great day. Until next time, God bless you. God bless the state of Michigan, of course. And always double thumbs to that big, beautiful flag behind me. God bless the United States. Talk to you all soon. Bye-bye.